The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Funemploymentradio.com. I mean, it honestly sounds like you're speaking a different language. I know, I know, but like, it is I've a seen, magical language. But I, what I've seen you and Scott especially talk about it, or me and Trina, have you have you witnessed that? I, I have not witnessed that, but I mean, anybody talking about Twin Peaks together, it just it makes no sense. I know, it I, makes no sense I re- at all. I realize like that- you realize it's a crazy person show. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I know. But no, you don't know that. You don't know it's a crazy person show. You don't even know what it's about. I've seen parts of it. You've seen like what? Like a, like 20 minutes there of one like episode? There was like an eye in space and a woman without a mouth like trying to talk to it or something. Like seriously, that could be. That, I mean, yeah, that could be an episode. That could absolutely I be I think an that episode. was actually in the new series. Okay, I yeah. think that's what I saw. Yeah. All right. I need you to explain this to me Okay. in layman's terms. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we're live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for finding us. And, of course, I want to always remind everybody to go to FunEmploymentRadio.com and click on the Audible link right oh. there at the top of the page. And you can sign up for a free trial. You get two free audiobooks. And what you should do is pick up a copy of The Zombie Who Cried Human, featuring narration by myself, Greg Nibbler, and Sarah X. Dillon. That's me. That's you. It is now available on Audible, the book that we narrated for Cemetery Dance Publications. It's available, so sign up for your free Audible trial, and then you can get that audiobook. That's true. So is there like a an age range for that book? Because I was like trying to think, because I, I want to read it to my niece, but I think she'd be kind of scared of it. Well, your niece is two. I know. So what do you think, like, the age is? I, I'm i sure it says on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because it's really good. It's, like, so well written that it's, like, a really fun, like, colorful book. Yeah. But I think it's good for all ages. It doesn't matter. She's got to learn about zombies at some point. Well, let me tell you, because I went to our Audible link by going to Fun Employment Radio and clicking on the Audible link. And right now I am listening to, because uh, I cannot be more of a cliche of myself, I'm listening to The Secret History of Twin Peaks. <laughs> and this is this is what started uh-huh. everything that we were talking about here here this morning. So... Sarah, in case you don't know, is obsessed with... Obsessed is probably the right word. Obsessed isn't the right word. There are lots of people I know, uh, like, there are, like, fan clubs of people who are obsessive who have, like, you know, full body tattoos of every, oh like, my everything gosh. Twin Peaks. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people have, like, named their children after characters, you know. Like, I'm not obsessed, but I, I am uh, enthusiastic. Uh-huh. I'm appreciative. I think you're a little bit more than that because I'm enthusiastic about some television shows, but you, I think, take it a little bit beyond that. I'm a fan. You're a, even more a little bit more than a fan, I think. Because, and I'm, I'm going to say I want this, you to specify what you think is more than a fan. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm, I'm saying, well, do you make pilgrimages to go see locations where it was shot? All right, well... <laughs> I don't well, know why you're being defensive did, about it. No, no, I mean, I'm it's being, okay if you are. No, I'm not being defensive. The first, I will say last year I didn't know that I was making a pilgrimage. This year I absolutely am. Last year was a fun surprise. I would say that goes a little bit more beyond like an average fan of something. Well, we do live in the Pacific Northwest and we do live very close to a bunch of cool aspects that were involved with the show that uh-huh. are easily attainable. Well, let's start from the beginning. So yes. I have I have tried to watch Twin Peaks myself. And How'd that go for you? It's not for me. <laughs> it is just not for me. Uh, but I do appreciate how excited people get about it. You know, I know the new series just came out and, and all of that, uh, or like not too long ago. And 
it's not it's not a show for me because it and I like some weird strange things sometimes but this is one of those things where it's too strange for me because it it doesn't make sense there's no storyline there's no story or maybe you just don't understand is. the story so I figured right now why don't we do this let's come back and talk about your audible book can you give me well my audible book the Secret History of Twin Peaks, written by Mark Frost, is a lot different than the actual series, which was written by both Mark Frost and David Lynch. But the uh, this is like a, a prequel. to It's like basically a history lesson in the about the area of Twin Peaks and why it's like always Like where been. it was filmed? No, not where it was. <laughs> it's not the secret history of the filming of Twin Peaks. It's the secret history of the... Wait, it's a fake. It's a fake history of Twin Peaks. Oh, well, I mean, I guess it can't be a fake. It's all fake, but it's a fictional. It's a fictional historical, historical biography, biography of <laughs> the history of Twin Peaks and the surrounding Pacific Northwest areas. But it is interesting because it it, it blends a lot of um, like actual history. Wait, I'm just realizing something really quick here in the Fun Employment Ready Supporters Club. I am not saying there's anything bad about making the pilgrimages to uh, to go see the locations because it's being brought up. We have wonderful supporters who come in to see us for our shows. That is very true. And we love it. There's Absolutely love it. There's nothing wrong with the pilgrimage to see something no. that you love. No, and I was not saying there was anything wrong with you it. You sounded kind of snobby, didn't you? I was, you just got defensive about it. I'm like, I was just trying to clarify. Um, okay. So anyway, so this this do not let this distract you. This book about the history of so let me tell you, it is like a super <laughs> level of dork. It actually reminded me like if you liked Twin Peaks, I would think that you would appreciate this. So it's talking about um, like Lewis and Clark, and you know exploring the Pacific Northwest, but uh, it's also like their secret journals that weren't found before. <laughs> we found them buried in the archives. The secret journals. Oh, what does it reference? About how uh, does like, it talk about so, coffee? Uh, Meriwether Lewis goes off, and he um, he's visiting this Native American tribe, and they take him on this journey to go to this waterfall where they talk about these white Indians that nobody had seen before, because before that time, basically, like no uh, like white skinned people had you know light skinned people had been there. This isn't like a Mormons got to America first kind of thing. No, right? it's it's supernatural. Okay. Jesus Christ. All no, right. it's supernatural. And they're talking about how, like, uh, there are all these things. Like, there's this. Uh, there are these magical spirits that live in the trees. There are giants that live in the woods and things. So, of course, Lewis and Clark knew all about this, and they were writing to. <laughs> but the government like buried it. Or and something? then they were writing to Thomas Jefferson, who also knew about this. And then anyway, they were like, Oh my God, uh, mapping out, uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest so that they could, you know. They, Okay, I, it's amazing. Then there's a whole bunch of things about like flying saucers and how they start to like. Um, <laughs> Wait, so you got Bigfoots or a Bigfoot? Yeah, that's the fun thing. It's, giants, North, it's yeah, Northwest UFOs. folklore. It's it's UFOs. It's all sorts of. Um, it's like uh, espionage. It, it's fun. It's fun. It's like mi- like you know secret military bases. <laughs> Wait, like, how is there a secret military base? Oh, in it's the all, time there's of Lewis stuff, and stuff about like Roswell. Well, no, it's all like like backdating like the history of Twin Peaks. So the people that like came to Twin Peaks. Or different things that like happened to make Twin Peaks like the place okay. that it is. So it's all like the, the the secret history of like the history behind like some of the people that lived there. If I who, were into Twin Peaks, yes, I would probably like this. It's amazing. I would probably I would probably a, enjoy. So I have the hardcover book, like which I've uh, read like halfway through, and so I um, decided to go to Audible and listen to the book. And my God, I, I would think you would be proud of me because I'm listening. I'm not so much a, histor- a history buff, 
But well, but I'm this kind of isn't fake, history. I'm like a this fake history, history buff right now because I'm listening to it. <laughs> yeah, but you know it. it's fake. It's right? an uncovered dossier from a guy uh, who's called um, oh, what was what's his name in it? Uh, not the collector. It's something. Um, and anyway, he's found all of these these documents that the FBI thought they got they got rid of, but now like I know the secrets. Anyway. So Twin Peaks has a rich and storied history since 1922 is when it was established, fictionally. What's the name of this book again? The Secret History of Twin Peaks. Okay. Um, the audiobook's really you- cool, though. It's written. It, it has like about 20 different voice actors because there are a bunch of different dossiers. Um, you know, like talking about different. A cases. bunch of different dossiers. <laughs> I mean, I think it's not. Look, I listen to really dorky stuff. I'm into. I'm into some real nerdy stuff. So I'm not making fun of you being into something. I'm making fun of that just sounds ridiculous. But it's I mean oh, that's awesome. Fun. That's awesome. It's fun because so, as I'm listening to it like I'm like, "Wait, that's the name of the mayor. Oh my god, that's the mayor's older. Oh my god, he was involved with the with the uh, like Roswell? Like it's very interesting." So so let me ask this because the one thing that I have to say about it, you know, with, with David Lynch and David Lynch stuff, no matter what, if you've ever watched anything of his, they're all very weird as far as making any sense of anything. David Lynch is a very interesting filmmaker in the fact that nobody's ever really been able to describe exactly what it because is that he does. Is that does anything have any sense to it, or is he just throwing out a bunch of crap and being like, ah, you figure it out? I don't know. Does he? I, I, I'm asking you. You're the David I'm, Lynch fan. I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the magic of David Lynch. Like, is he just pulling the wool over everyone's eyes? Or is he the smartest <laughs> just, like, man Just making alive? up a bunch of weird things and being like, ah, you figure out what, because how it all fits. You you think that he's making up a bunch of weird things, but then him and Mark Frost get together and make all of these, like, historical backstories. And then, like, it all, like, watching the watching oh. this, the third season and seeing how everything ties together from the yeah. first two from 25 years earlier and how there are, like, plot points from a show shot in 1990 that are now tying into a show from 2017 where you know the, the characters are all 25 years older mm-hmm. and it's completely tying into something from a random episode from you know 20 something years ago it's it's pretty crazy i think that there is a rhyme and reason to his crazy okay well let me ask this for anybody who doesn't know twin peaks and i and i don't can you give me first of all i want to know what you think twin peaks is Oh. That's what I... Um, because I know what it is, but I I want to know what... I what I think what, what Twin Peaks is about? What you think Twin Peaks is. Because what I'm gathering is that you think it's about an eyeball and a face with no mouth, and it's David Lynch, and... Okay, there's there's that. There's, there's Just weird... Just tell me what you think, like, a storyline would be. Do you think there's a storyline? Okay. I know there's Laura Palmer, who's the dead girl. Mm-hmm. And somebody murdered Laura Palmer. Yes. And then there's the guy who drinks coffee, who's Kyle McLaughlin, and he likes pie and coffee, because I see all the references to that everywhere. Yes. So he he eats pie and coffee, but he's not very smart. He's very smart. And, oh, he's very smart. Oh, sorry. I won't correct you until I'm talking about it. Okay. All right. I thought he was kind of like a bumbling, like, oh, I like pie and coffee. What's going on in this town? So here it is. You got a little town in Twin Peaks. It's in Washington. And it's in Washington. Uh, One thing I will say that bothered me instantly watching the first episode of Twin Peaks is that they claim the population of this town, this 
tiny, quote, town in Washington is 50,000 people. 51,201. Okay, that's a big population for they the Northwest. They made them change it. They made them change it. Do you want me to? Fine. All right. Fine. Fine. Okay. I'm just going to say that bothered me because I'm like, there's no way that would be a tiny forgotten little town. That's a, that's a major town for the Northwest. That's a big town. You would not, it would not be buried somewhere in the woods. Anyway. So, so Twin Peaks is about this. You have the town. It's called Twin Peaks because there's like a couple of mountains nearby and it's in Washington and it's in the woods. And it's full of a bunch of weirdos, like some ex-hippies and those kinds of people that are up there. You know, nothing wrong, but uh, typical Northwest weirdos. And they're there, and this girl gets murdered, and she's thrown down by the river, and I'm pretty sure that's true. And then they call in this detective because the town's like, oh, we don't know how to solve it. What are we going to do about it? And then they have, like, southern accents. And so they bring in this guy who is who likes coffee. And so he's like, oh, yeah, I'll come up there and I'll solve it. And he's like a detective for hire, but he's scamming them because he really doesn't know what he's doing or how to solve anything, which is kind of a shame because, I mean, the woman was really murdered and he's there just scamming the city, eating pie and drinking coffee. It turns out he wasn't actually scamming. He just didn't know what he was doing. He's just like, oh, yeah, sure. OK, I'll come up there. Like he's a real just like a, kind of a bumbling, like kind of a I'm trying to think of a comparison for that kind of character. But he, he just kind of fell into this. He doesn't know what he's doing. Is that a Greg Nibbler? No, he's not a Greg Nibbler. So so he he gets up there. He's trying to solve the murder. The whole town is on drugs. They're they're all running around, and it turns out... You know what? I can't think of anything crazier than what it actually is. This is actually hard for me to come up with a crazy line of what Yeah, that's less crazy than how it is. That's the problem with this show. Like, it's... Like, that's... What I'm about to do is... Would make no sense... But it still would make more sense than what the actual show is about. Okay, well, don't make a guess as to, like, who's guilty. Oh, I can make a guess who's guilty. No, don't, because you, like, you have ruined so many movies and things for me by guessing things. I don't want you to I'm accidentally... I'm real good at guessing plot lines. You're not, you're just really good at ruining things for other people. But I'm really good at figuring out who No, I don't is. think it's the guessing plot lines. I think it's just, like, your character uh, is good. Your character in life is, no, good at ruining other people's good experiences. I'm always good at figuring yeah, out. What all you want to do is take away the happiness from other people. Oh, I want to figure it out. And how you do that is by ruining, like, five minutes before something happens. Like, oh, I bet that this is exactly what happens. And then you ruin it. Twin Peaks. There's a set of twins in the show, isn't there? They're the, and the Twin Peaks. Because, the, I don't know. I don't know where they, I don't even know. For me, even making up this stuff, I can't do anything with Twin Peaks. That is too hard for me. So it's about a bumbling idiot who right, likes well, I did coffee. Write, well, because you were asking me, because I am going to do this thing this weekend, which I will babble about in a little bit. But um, but we were talking about Twin Peaks today, and Greg's like, I really would like to know exactly, like, if somebody doesn't know what this is about, yeah. like, could you tell, like, put a brief assessment what you would think that... I should be able to guess the end of it, though. Well, it's not the end of it. Okay, so you got the bumbling coffee guy. You have the sheriff. I bet there's a sheriff in there. there is, I know there's, there's a lady that talks to Wood. That's the log lady. The log lady, because I know this based on your Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. So log lady is a shapeshifter, and mm, she can see shapeshifters. Okay, so log lady's a shapeshifter, and then on top of that, you have 
these clubs, these secret clubs that are in Twin Peaks, where people go and they're like underground clubs where people go and they're like, you know, they're like, uh, because it's a, a small town, people don't know what's going on in the town, but everybody's up to something no good. And so there's an underground club they go to, and when they're at the club, they can kind of be themselves and let loose a little bit. And they hang out there and they, you know, get involved in nefarious activities. And then they go back into society and then pretend like they're normal. And then when they're hanging out in this town, so you still have the dead girl and they're trying to figure out that. And then this witch shows up and the witch shows up and she tries to like kind of gets a spell over a lot of the people and then controls them for a while. And the town kind of goes crazy and you have to put things back together. And then at night you have these other people that come out and the other people come out and they're like, you never see them in the daytime. You never so see what there. you wanted me to do is like write up what I thought the Twin Peaks is about just so you could overstep on me and then just tell me what you think it's about. I think I'm creating a pretty good show here, actually, that could get a series on HBO. But all right, fine. Go ahead. No, Go ahead. I'm, I, no, you keep going. If you think you're on to solid gold, I don't want to. No, no, no. That's how, fine. how would you conclude your your epic telling of Twin Peaks? Oh, the bumbling idiot did it. He wasn't a bumbling idiot all the time. He was a murderer. Kyle McLaughlin is the murderer. That's got to be the ending. Hmm. Kyle McLaughlin I killed like everybody. He wouldn't be as dreamy. Yeah, but he he killed everybody. Kyle McLaughlin kill, killed everybody. Killed everybody. Yeah. By the way, this is not how Twin Peaks goes. So just so you know, Greg is not ruining anything. He is an idiot, and he does not know what he's talking about. Okay. Where do Were Panthers come in? I'm trying to think of how that works. All right. Anyway, yeah, you're thinking of True Blood. I think you like. I think True Blood has kind of seeped its way into your brain. <laughs> Like, it seriously has gotten into all the nooks and crannies of your uh, brain that everything that you don't understand slowly becomes some version of true blood. It does kind of seem like it's true blood, now that I think about it. It's absolutely not true blood. True blood came before Twin Peaks, right? That's funny. You're very funny. <laughs> all right. Tell me what— I believe Alan Ball was probably very influenced by Twin give Peaks, me, as were most people. Okay. Give me give me a synopsis. Twin Peaks is too hard for me. Go ahead. All right. Well, do you want, just in case—so, like, a basic description? Give me a pitch. Well, I don't. You didn't say pitch. I wrote. I wrote a thing the way that I wrote it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're getting a little heated about Twin Peaks. I know it's your. Fa- I know it's your favorite show. It is. I'm rewatching it again, and I do love it. It's so and that's weird. okay. That, I, no, that's awesome. Oh, is that I okay, watched, Greg? No, I'm not making fun of you for liking a show. Let's take it down a notch. You take it down. A take notch. it down a notch. I know it's notches. important to you. Um, why don't you you tell me whatever you wrote? You you tell me what you have. All right. So you you were asking my what is Twin Peaks? <laughs> no, it's such a sensitive issue. It's very sensitive. Thank I don't. you. Well, it's then like be making respectful. Making fun of Duran Duran to Scott Daly. It's it, okay. You, that's I get it. You can't. I get it. That. Okay. All right. No, you can make fun. Twin Peaks is silly. That's what's fun. But I mean, I I'm don't. saying I took some time to write some stuff down because you asked me to. Okay. Okay. Greg, the question that you asked me is, what is Twin Peaks? It's three leaf blowers in our parking lot. Oh, yeah. If you're listening to the show and you hear some things outside, it's leaf blowers in our parking lot. That is the synopsis of Twin Peaks. It's just a bunch of worthless leaf blowers who are blowing around no leaves. Say a word. You tell me. No, I don't want you to not say a word. I'm, Stop being weird. I'm, I'm not. You are being weird. Twin Peaks weird. people are very sensitive about Twin Peaks. I'm not being... I, I thought that you really genuinely wanted to know. I, I, I do. I don't know if that comes through. It's coming through. Right. I'm, I'm 100% I, I don't know. I'm the recording. Hear that. All right. Uh, so Twin Peaks is a show that aired on television from 1990 
1991, Greg. All right. Now, even though it only had two seasons, it's still one of the most well-remembered shows, though not necessarily because it's the greatest show ever, because it's... Even I, it's it's not. It's fucking weird. But once you see it, it is one of like the hardest shows to forget, and it's one of the strangest things that you'll ever see. Like other people try to uh, replicate it with like throwing in weird parts in their shows, and that's. I, I think Twin Peaks is important because it has it set the like base for a lot of shows that are trying to be like kooky and weird mm-hmm. and trying to be like irreverent. And that kind of set that. And I'm wearing my Twin Peaks shirt. Sarah's I just wearing looked it. At it. I forgot. There's a backwards talking guy, too. There is. There's the little. Well, you can't say he used to be the the little guy. But now he's just the little guy. Can't say what he was. So, okay. He's so Samson just, from Carnival. Oh. But that. But he was um, he was the guy, the little man in the Black Lodge before. Yeah. Before Carnival. Yeah. Um, all right. So Twin Peaks. Yusuf Nurkic. Okay, go ahead. Yusuf Nurkic. All right. So this is how I described it. I wanted to write how I thought it was without like trying to steal anybody else's words so I didn't look. So I, I believe that Twin Peaks is a surrealist murder mystery soap opera. That's the best way that I would put it. Say it again. Surrealist murder mystery soap opera. Okay. Okay. Yes. So it's a – so it is a soap opera. Twin Peaks is a soap opera. It is a soap opera. Anyone who says that it isn't is lying to themselves. Okay. It's a surrealistic murder mystery soap opera that's loosely set in, in the 90s but is basically in a timeless place because David Lynch, when he created it, along with Mark Frost, they wanted to make it in a world where you couldn't quite put your finger on like what time frame it was in. So like the girls all wear you know, like sweaters and like plaid skirts and bobby socks and the bad guys all have leather jackets and they all drive like older cars and motorcycles. Okay. Like nothing's really time stamped. There isn't a lot of pop culture. Culture, like all the music they listen to is weird, like instrumental David Lynchian um, music. Like they, it's a very strange world. So it's it's supposed to be very non-specific. So you could watch it at any time and not be like, oh, that was in you know, like when you watch like The Lost Boys or something. You're like, oh, that's definitely okay. you know mm-hmm. early eighties. All right. So the basic premise of Twin Peaks is that it starts with Laura Palmer. Who's the prom queen, town sweetheart, pretty blonde girl, of course, and the pretty blonde dead girl, everybody, um, is very sad. So basically what happens is Pete Martell, who's one of the owners of the mill in town, it's a small town, even though, yes, as I tried to correct you before, it was supposed to be 5,201. Then the network told them that it needed to be bigger or else people would lose interest for some reason. So they made him put a, made, um, they put a one b- uh, behind the five to make it 51,201. So, um, which doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. So, um, so at the beginning, uh, there's a Pete Martell comes out. He's going out fishing, and he sees this plastic wrapped thing laying next to a log outside of his um, house. And he goes and looks at it, calls in the sheriff. They roll it over, look and see it's the dead prom queen. So everyone. So basically, the thing is, the big question is who killed Laura Palmer, because everyone thinks that she's a you know sweet girl, or is she? Because there might be – everyone has kind of a secret past in Twin Peaks and, you know, everything is not what it seems. So um, it's basically – everyone's a soap opera character. Everybody is bad and good and has secret lives and secret things going on. Um, so she's – so Laura Palmer was a prom queen, volunteer, all-around likable girl. Uh, everyone's a suspect, including her boyfriend who's like the head of the football team, Bobby Briggs. And she's also, but then Elsa, she's secretly seen this guy, James Hurley, the worst cast person I have ever seen in any television show. This is, that is the one thing, that is Twin Peaks' ultimate flaw, is the casting of the guy that plays James Hurley as the bad boy. 
He is the worst casting of any character I've ever seen, ever, ever, ever. He is such a knob. Why is he so bad? If you just look at him, uh, just it's like James Hurley. There, he is just a terrible actor. He's not dreamy. He has the worst hair, and he's supposed to be like the bad boy on the motorcycle, and it's just the worst. He's the worst. If anyone who loves Twin Peaks will tell you, James, uh, James Hurley is the worst. So, um. Basically, Twin Peaks is a whodunit with a bunch of other storylines thrown in. So it's, okay. like, it's like hookers, there's drug use, sex parties, Canadian brothels. Like it's uh, like Native American spirits that haunt the woods, uh, owls that are not what they seem, mysterious worlds that appear and disappear what do you, in different places. What do you places. mean by that? I mean, there are things called the White Lodge and the Black Lodge where um, – Different mysterious. What things is the happen. Black Lodge? Because I know you're you're wearing a shirt that says the Black Lodge. I know everybody references the Black Lodge. I can't tell you what the Black Lodge is. Okay. No, you'd have to watch it to see. The Black Lodge is where darkness lives. Basically, the Black Lodge is where evil spirits reside. Okay. Where spirits like Bob. I mean, basically, I want to know if I should, you know, if I should. Okay. I don't think that you'd be able to because also what it is though. At the the first way I described it was surrealistic. Like, Kim. it has very many. Weird David, but Lynch is that universe. why it doesn't make any sense? Like what I have seen, because I, I've watched the first episode, so, maybe okay. part of the. Second do you understand? One. Like, do you? I know you're not like that big. I mean, I know that you like art, but you're not like a, a big super art nerd. Do you know like surrealism? Yes, I'm aware of what surrealism. Okay, is. You, you know what it represents then. What do you like? Mean? How like surrealism? How it's showing you something without showing it to you. Like, it, and it's a different way of representing something or like presenting an idea right and so that's what david lynch does but with very weird but is he representing something or is he just throwing out a bunch of stuff i believe he's no i think he's representing something especially since i've seen it a lot of times yeah i think he does i think it's very fucking weird and i think that it definitely knowing you as well as i do i don't think it's your cup of tea yeah because i think that you would think it's silly Okay, and a lot of people think it's silly. Whereas some people look at it and think it's art. Some people think it's silly. You know, it's just it's all in the eye of the beholder. But basically, what it is, it's a surrealistic murder mystery soap opera. Basically, all stemming from the murder of this girl, and the town kind of starts to unwind as they find out that you know she's. And this is all shown in the first episode that she is cheating on her boyfriend. Okay. She is uh she's addicted to cocaine. She is just like there's all this like crazy shit that's going in and out of Twin Peaks that nobody really knows about. So Special Agent Dale Cooper, which is the best part of Twin Peaks, which is played by Kyle McLuckin, the hottest person in the universe. Um so he's an FBI agent that's called in because Laura's the second woman in about a year. The first one is Teresa Banks who's killed in almost the exact same way. And so he believes that there's a serial killer, so he's trying to stop whoever murdered Laura Palmer before they kill again. Okay. Yeah, so it's a murder mystery. Okay. So it it is like a whodunit. Like, it could be anybody, but also with some, like, ghost shit thrown in. That's probably it. It's a whodunit with ghost shit thrown in. Yeah. So it's like so it's so it's a horror murder mystery. It's, this is how whatever a horror murder mystery with spots of surrealistic horror plopped in when when you least expect it. Terrifying imagery of murderous ghosts, creepy children, backward speaking, secret worlds where nonsense is spoken, giants and dancing little people. 
Uh, the best part of the show and why you should watch it is Kyle McLaughlin, a.k.a. Special Agent Dale Cooper, who is sent in by the FBI after Laura, Laura's body is discovered because it is believed she was killed by the same person who murdered another woman named Teresa Banks a year earlier. So uh, Agent Cooper works at the sheriff's office in Twin Peaks to not only uncover the truth about Laura's killer, but also find out all the other shady stuff that is happening in the small town of Twin Peaks, Washington. Okay. All right. It's great. It's great. And it's scary. I remember the first time I watched it, it's, some parts of it are down. It's, a, it's horror, too. Like, some parts of it are downright terrifying. I still cover my eyes in a couple of the parts. Really? Mm, yeah. Like, Bob, the character. So one of the main characters who you come to find out, um, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but his name is Bob. And the the char- show's 25 years or 30 years Yeah, but years I don't want to ruin it. The experience itself is so wonderful. Like, I don't ever want to be responsible for taking that away from somebody. Okay. But if they want to look, if you want to have it spoiled for yourself, you look it up. I will never take that from someone. Because okay. finding out who it is is a journey. It's, but anyway, the guy who plays Bob actually wasn't initially supposed to play him. But David Lynch, so he was a set dresser. On the set of Twin Peaks. And David Lynch thought that he was so creepy looking, the guy's name was Frank Silva, that he ended up playing this notoriously terrifying uh, part in his shows uh, named Bob. Now, Frank Silva died in, I think, like, 95, um, actually in life. So the he wasn't guy able to, who like, played Bob? The guy who played Bob. But yeah, so he wasn't even initially cast to play the bad guy. That's a sweet gig. Yeah, I know. That's like every actor's dream. Yeah. Like someone's just like, you know, the best boy. and then Yeah, although I don't know. Hey, you're really creepy looking. You have to play this role. I don't know because it's like a pinnacle role. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you see Twin Peaks and you see the role of Bob and you see how important that is in it, it's it's pretty good. All right. So, yeah. Um, it's it's fun. It's scary. It's seedy. You know, it's there's sex and drama and intrigue and mystery and just like really bad acting. Some of it's slightly offensive. There's, um, yeah, there's a particular scene when um, one of them goes into hiding and, like, plays a character of a different race that I don't think has aged very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, whatever. All right. Yeah. I, okay. I, I like it. If you if, if that sounds like it strikes your fancy. Anyway, so the reason I bring that up is because I am going this weekend with my dad uh, to this brew fest that we went to last year that I did not... So this is why I'm making a pilgrimage this year, because last yeah. year I didn't know. Um, my dad got us tickets last year to go to this brew fest at this place on Bainbridge Island called the Kiana Lodge. And as we were driving there, my mom was uh, driving. So this is in Bain- Bainbridge Island. Bainbridge in- Island, which is up, uh, up near Bremerton, which is where I'm from. Which is near Seattle, we'll yes. say, for people who don't know. So it's like a little north of Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, But on the same bay. And... So my mom was taking us that last year, and I'm like, you know, I'd always read that, you know, Twin Peaks was filmed like the interior of the Great Northern, which is the main hotel, and that, that you know, that was filmed around here. And I'm like, that's weird, you know, because I knew it was around here. I knew it was a lodge, and I wonder, and I started to look on my phone, and I'm like, uh, are, are you, oh, my God. Okay, okay. And my dad is with his best friend, and so it's my dad, his best friend, and me. And I start freaking out because I'm like, oh. Fuck, we're going to Twin Peaks. We're, we're going to where the Great Northern is. Oh, so we finally get there, and I look, and I see it. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm standing with my dad and his buddy Jeff. And my dad's like, well, do you want to go in there? And look at him. I'm like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, I can't look at it yet. I'm like, we have to have a couple beers. I can't, I can't do it yet. I'm too excited because I just knew that I 
Is it like actually functioning or it, was it a yes. set piece? Or? Yeah. No, no, okay. no. It's the inside of this place called the Keanu. I remember Lodge, you talking about this, but I just I didn't Which is know. mostly used for the pilot of Twin Peaks. So it's all like the interior of the Great Northern. It's um, like um, if anyone who knows is familiar with the show, it's Ben Horn's office. It's uh, like uh, the meeting room in the Great Northern. It's also Laura's log. The the beach right outside of where we are. Like my dad was, and I were standing there on the beach next to the log where Laura Palmer's body was found. The log uh, is still there? The log is still there. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's still there. So uh, the log is there. Pete Martell's house is there. That's He's the owner of the mill with um, Catherine. God, I sound dorky. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's the Brewfest again this year. So uh, my dad and I are going again on Sunday, and I am... Very excited. And he is like, oh, are you going to look at all that weird Twin Peaks stuff again? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Dad, I'm going to have to ask you to take a bunch of pictures of me in front of logs and walls and things because that's so exciting. That's cool, though. It is. It's it's really neat to know that a piece of pop, like a show that I specifically love is so mm-hmm. close that I can be able to actually like look at a piece of history. It's like going into a museum. Yeah. Like of a show that you really like, imagine being able to go into uh, I don't like the Bang Bang Room or whatever it is. Bada Bing. Yeah, the Bada Bing. I would definitely be excited if to go the to the Bada, Bada Bing. Bing was two and a half hours away and it was open. There was a brew fest there. Yes, I would go and, and it was sit only at the bar open and, for like special times. Even. I would go sit at the bar and get a drink at the Bada Bing. Yeah. Yes. And I have would somebody 100%. take a picture of you at yeah. the Bada Bing. Hey. Yeah. If you get to go on the set of one of your favorite things, like. It's super exciting, mm-hmm. and it also is. Oh no, I'm I'm not disputing that at all. No, I know, but I when mean, it's like a real thing, to, I know. I'm just I'm very excited. So last year when I went, like I, I think a lot of other people didn't know either, and so like it was slow realization, and I started to see like you can tell your own a little bit because there are a lot of older people who are at this brew fest because it's you know Bainbridge Island Bremerton breweries and stuff. And as people around my age start kind of started coming there, it's like we all started looking at each other. I'm like, and they're like. That's the lobby of the Great Northern. I'm like, I know. Did you see Laura's log out there? Wait, like, do you just look around and see if you can see somebody else with the same yes, look in their eyes? Yes, and you can see them because someone's like, did you did you see this? This is the wall of the Great Northern. And I'm like, I know. Did you know Laura's log's outside? I'm like, no shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it, it's right out there. You just go through the – there's and so we're all – it's very much bonding. <laughs> it's very bondy. I think it's – no, I think that's awesome. Anyway, so if you're looking yeah. for something, I don't know, like a, an escape – an escape – of something like silly and fun, sometimes scary and very strange to watch. May I suggest that uh, go see Fun Employment Radio live? That would be yes, and also accurate description. We're the Twin Peaks of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like it makes sense, does it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, do we? <laughs> don't know for sure. That's up to the interpreter. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, yes. And if you are seeing the video, I am. When I was getting dressed today, I'm like. Oh, I've got to wear some, one of my Twin Peaks t-shirts. I found my... And we'll uh, put this video in the archive, too. So, I found my... We'll have a bunch more videos loading up for, for Supporters Club members. Uh, I'm going to stack up a bunch. Do we have a guest? No. Why is somebody... I don't know. Answer. Should I ignore it? No, just answer it. Like, And we're on the air. Hello? Oh my god. I'm gonna plug this in right now. Somebody got the number to what? It's what? a spam. Sons of bitches. Did you miss it? Nope. You have to pot it up. Hello? 
Hello? Hello? Damn it. Oh, bastards. Did you miss it? No, they were there, but they weren't answering it. So I'm not going to sit there forever. Yeah. No, that was some son of a bitch spammer. So we have a phone just for our um, for our uh, elevator here at the studio yeah. for the building that we're in. And nobody has this number. I don't even know what the number is. It's only used for one purpose, and, and it's just for buzzing people up. But apparently now that sucks because that means our number is now out there. Awesome. So we're going to have to change that. Yay. Thanks for doing that right on camera. Wyndham Resorts. That's what it was. Okay. Anyway. Back to where we were. Twin Peaks. So I'm happy for you. They're Thank gonna, they're you. They're going to get to go do that. No, no seriously, it's, it's cool when people are really into things and, <laughs> you know, and... I just don't understand it, which is why I wanted to get uh, more of a definition. Well, that's okay, and that's that's the thing is like I don't I don't need you to understand it for me. No, to... of course you don't. I'm not asking you to justify me understanding. Oh it. yeah, that's why I've like I've never shoved it down anyone's throat because it's just it's really genuinely not for everybody. Like sometimes people will see like I think I I can't remember. There was another friend that tried to watch it. They're like I just I can't yeah. do it. I'm like I don't. That's okay. That is absolutely fine. You're not hurting my feelings. Like you don't have to like what I like. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm excited for you, and that that's great. I'm so excited. I already have my outfit planned. It's very uh, so Twin Peaks themed. You will see some pictures from Sarah. Will you post them on our Instagram? You know what I was thinking about doing is um, uh, doing a video from there on our Instagram. That doing yes. a live video in the Great Northern. So follow Fun Employment Radio on Instagram and. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to do a few videos from there. So I'll do the Great okay. Northern. I'll do uh, Laura Palmer's log. I'll show the awesome. brew fest. It's a, it's a really cool little brew fest too. So if you are up in the Bremerton area um, and you want to go to that, yeah, it's at the Keanu Lodge. I I think tickets are like I don't know, like twenty twenty five bucks or something. Right. But it's cool. Okay. Yeah. And That's I like cool. beer. So does my dad. So. And my mom's dropping us off because we're grown ups. <laughs> <laughs> so follow us on Instagram, Fun Employment Radio, and check out some videos of Sarah. Up there watching that. Cool. That's awesome. Um, I do have a little bit of ball talk. You do? Yes. There's a couple of things in ball talk that I need to talk about. Are there some things going on this weekend? Um, well, it's not really about this weekend, but. Okay. I'll handle the ball talk. What? Why are you being weird? <laughs> let me, uh, let me see, explain. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. Balls. All right. So, a couple of things. The NBA playoffs were last night. Cleveland Cavaliers, Golden State Warriors. The game was pretty much, could have been won by the Cleveland Cavaliers at Golden State, which would have been a huge upset. Except for with five seconds left, um, the game was tied. The Cavs had the ball. And J.R. Smith of the Cleveland Cavaliers, instead of taking a shot, because you want to take a shot, you could win the game right there. Most likely Golden State wouldn't have a time to uh, dispute it or, or try to shoot, you know, get the ball back and make their own shot. There's only five seconds. You hold it. You try to make that game-winning shot. Mm. J.R. Smith instead sat there and dribbled the ball until time went, ran out, and it went into overtime. Because he said he thought 
somebody was calling a timeout and he was confused and oh. there's speculation of he didn't actually know what the score was and thought they were ahead. That's Either awkward. way, dribbled it out. In overtime, Golden State destroyed Cleveland. Golden State won the game. Cleveland could have won. Uh, LeBron James was so mad afterward that during his press conference, somebody asked him what he thought about J.R. Smith uh, or the incident with J.R. Smith and he just Turned off the mic, got up, and walked off. <laughs> oh, wow. So that was game one of the NBA Finals, which does make me want to watch the next game. I mean, yeah, if it's going to be all dramatic like that, I totally would. Yeah. Yeah. So J.R. Smith, boy genius right there. <laughs> uh, moving on to ball talk, we've just, I've just got a couple of things, so there's not a ton going on that I wanted to bring up. We do have the uh, NHL playoffs. And where they're at, let me see when the next game is for the NHL. It is tomorrow at 5 p.m. That series is tied. The Golden Knights versus the Washington Capitals. Oh. It's happening. NBA playoffs, I believe, is also tomorrow night for their next one. Um, Moving on, though, back to some other playoffs that are happening, and that is for college baseball. I know we don't talk about college baseball a lot on here, but Oregon State ranked number three. And they play today in one of their regionals in Corvallis. But I thought there was an interesting thing with reporters covering college baseball in that the NCAA has ruled that they are limited to one tweet per inning. Only one tweet per inning. And apparently they're going to be monitoring that. And if they post more than that, then they will yank their credentials and uh, they will not be able to enter any more NCAA events. Because they don't want them... Posting as the game goes, what the scores are. Okay, but it does. I mean, but that that doesn't make any sense because individuals could do that. Are they going to monitor all the individuals, like just regular people that are there? No, but they don't have as many followers probably as the people that. Probably. Yeah, I, I. It seems weird to me. It seems like the reach of those people is bigger than you know, just like the random person. Yeah, but I mean, if somebody's really going to be sitting there glued to a Twitter account, probably they're going to watch the game anyway. Well, I, prob- I don't know. I mean, is it also like the contracts with whatever like television channel that they work on because they want them to be watching on that channel and not yeah, staring at their phone. Yeah, there's probably some of that. Probably some of that. But I mean, not all these games are going to be on television. I mean, it's college baseball. There's there's not that many channels that play it anyway until it gets further yeah. into the playoffs. Or if they have like a some you know like some guarantee with like a radio station or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I mean, there's be. so many weird contracting things I just with think that stuff. But that means you're going to some, have somebody there at the stadium who has alerts for every single reporter that they think is there and then is constantly looking at it, waiting to see if they, ooh, they posted two. Let's go find That's it. That's one, Steven. That's yeah. one. Yeah. It, it just seems like, in this day and age, it seems like a weird way to do it. Yeah. But that is what it is. So NCAA reporters are now... Worried about posting too much. Um, Moving on. Okay, we'll do this for the final ball talk story here. Big news for those in Portland, Oregon, who want baseball. So here's what's going on. We've had the Portland Diamond Project, which is a group here in Portland that's been trying to rally to bring Major League Baseball to the city. And something that Portland has talked about for a long time. Mm. There's rumors, you know, that they're on the short list of getting a team as far as city-wise. They're the biggest city. I mean, Portland's the biggest city in the country that only has one of the four major uh, sports franchises. So we're kind of due for another one. Yeah. Thought it was going to be NHL. Seattle got that. Um, How do you feel about that, Craig? God, it sucks. (laughs) Really thought we were going to get it first. But Seattle got it. So it's going to be a while, I think, before Portland gets NHL. However, Major League Baseball 
is a possibility. Now, this group Portland Diamond Project was kind of spearheaded by Mike Barrett, was one of the people who one was our former co-workers for the oh, Portland yeah. Trailblazers. He was let go from them and then started working on this. So it's Mike Barrett and a bunch of rich people. And so they've been looking for a bunch of rich people. A bunch of rich people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you have to have rich people to yeah. buy a franchise. And the way it's, they've been looking for different places to buy land, to build a stadium. They have some spec stadium stuff out. So it's a little far, it's, it's further along than most people would think. And now, just announced today, they've announced who a couple of their new investors slash owners, uh, potential owners, are in the Portland Diamond Project. And it is Seattle quarterback Russell Wilson and his wife Sierra are now part of this. Wait, so it's just for Portland? Yeah, this is just to bring baseball to Portland. Why would they be? Portland Diamond Project is what it's called. Do they... The group's whole goal is to bring Major League Baseball to Portland. And signing on and investing in this group, so they would be partial owners if, the, if uh, Portland does get a team, are Russell Wilson and Sierra. Huh. That's a huge publicity boost. So do you think that they want that so the Mariners have like closer competition? Or... The Mariners don't want a team here. The Mariners consider Portland to be their um, within their regional media blanket, essentially. Well, fuck them. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't get to have that. I mean, for the same reason, Portland, the Trailblazers, now kind of try to get you know the Seattle market because there is no other team. I don't know how that's working or not. People still want the Sonics back. You know that it's a little bit different for that because Seattle had the Supersonics. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit harder to just jump to another team. Portland's never had Major League Baseball, so the Mariners have always been the ones who kind of had this region. Yeah. It's always been kind of Mariners territory, I guess. But there's no reason that Portland can't have a team as well. Yeah, that Mariners will fight it, but there's ultimately what Major League Baseball wants to do is put another team in the West and put another team in the East so that Montreal can get another team. And the only... the the logical place in the West is Portland. Seattle's oversaturated. Or I mean, uh, Seattle has one. All of, um, all of, you know, California, there's like 19 teams there. There's Colorado has a team. Arizona has a team. You're, you're running out of area on the West Coast. And Texas already has two. Really, Portland is we the logical one. market for it. Yeah. So it would be cool. It would be cool if, uh, if we had... Major League Baseball. But now having Russell Wilson at least on it and Sierra, hot, hot Sierra, that does uh, oh, that does boy. bring a lot more publicity. I'm sorry. Sierra's, Sierra's a very good-looking woman. Um, but that does bring a lot more publicity to it. Hot, 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 hot Sierra. Hot, hot Sierra. Jesus. Dude, Sierra's hot. Anyway. If only I were the quarterback of the Seahawks. If only. If only. That's the only thing standing. That is the only the thing only, standing. The anyway. only difference yes. between me and Russell Wilson is he's the quarterback of the Seahawks. That's yeah, the only that's difference. It. That's all there is. Anyway, that's where we're at. So they have signed on, which means they would be part of it. That brings a lot more publicity, a lot more investors. It makes it a much bigger possibility. And it's now it's trending news on every sports site. Uh, out there because Russell Wilson is now a part of it. Oh. So we'll see. See what happens. It would be fun to have another thing to do here in the city. That would be nice. Yeah. And it brings in a lot of money. Even though a we lot, do. It brings in a lot of money to the city. That's the one thing, too, they said they're not seeking public funding for any of the stadium. Oh, okay. Which is a big issue. Um, Greg, even though we do already have the Portland Pickles. Oh, my God. The Portland Pickles are 
below single A baseball. It's I love amateur. them. They're I know. so cute. No, they are they're fun to go to. But Portland Pickles games are fun to go to. But the league doesn't even get hotels for their players. Their players stay at you can sign up to have Portland Pickles players stay at your house. It's like an ambassador program. Okay, thing. so why aren't you doing that? I don't I don't need a Portland Pickles player staying at my house. Why not? That's so cute. You'd be like, hi, Pickle. Hi, Pickle. You hi, I'm sure they like being called Pickle. Well, it wouldn't be the Pickles. It would be the uh, out-of-town players for, for whatever their league is that would stay at your house. Oh, boy. Their season's coming up, too. God, I'm looking at the players for the Pickles. They're like 12. Well, Holy That's crap. the other thing, too. Yeah, they're all like kids. They really are. And those babies. games are fun. Those games are fun they're to go to. They're so fun. Yeah. Especially on Thursdays, by the way, they still have like $2 beers, which doesn't exist in any other sports franchise anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, they're, and they they're fun. T- and also, since but, we're doing Twin Peaks, they did, they did have Twin Peaks night last year. That's true. Which was so fun. They had a whole a whole thing where they played all of the music leading up to it. Like um, like the Twin Peaks mascot was dressed like the log lady. And... Um, and they had like a whole like everyone dressed as the characters thing. Everyone got free hats and pins. It was really fucking cool. It was a it was a real community get together. Well, there's the tie-in. All right, that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. <laughs> oh, I can tie in the pickles and Twin Peaks to anything, Greg. You know that. Come on, pickles. Come on. Come on, come on. All right. Um, I'm going to need to get out of here. But I want to say thank so you to everybody. It's so going this early. I like it. I mean, I'm not used to it. I'm like, all right, now I do other things. <laughs> what? What are you looking at? Send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. We really do appreciate it. Of course, hit that subscribe button wherever you're finding this podcast. If you're not a Supporters Club member, hit subscribe to make sure you get our episodes every day. Um, it really does help us out a lot when you download these these uh, podcasts. We appreciate it. And it's great that you do. We like it. We like it. And we appreciate all of you. Greg, are there any other buttons on our website that people should click on? There is one right there on the page. And if you go to funemploymentradio.com right now, on June 1st, 2018, you still have a couple of weeks to go there and click on Sarah's big old yellow button, God, which is right there on the page. There's a big old yellow button right there. I don't right know there. why I encourage it, but it sounds so weird when you say that. And it says uh, Willamette Week's Best of Portland Readers Poll. You click there to vote for Fun Employment Radio. It takes about... 20 seconds. You enter in your email address. Boom. You voted. We appreciate it so much. So if you do listen to this show, say you listen to a couple of our podcasts a week even, if you can just take a second to do that, we would really appreciate that. Um, just go to our website, funemploymentradio.com, pull it up on your phone right now, and click vote. Enter your email address. Boom. Done. Makes a big difference for us. We boom, appreciate bang, it. boom. Bada bing. All right. Greg, wish You're me back luck this Monday, weekend. Right? Yeah, I'll be back on Monday. I'm leaving super early Monday morning okay. from Bremerton, but yeah. Okay. I shall be here. Cool. Yes. Um, I will also be live in one hour on Digital Trends platforms for Between the Streams. Woo! Another podcast and live video show that you can check out. Wow, Greg's Trends, just on so video all day, us. every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back on Monday with more Fun Employment Radio. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.